That's not the biggest news coming out of the brew camp this weekend, however. The biggest news was Eric Lauer, who will be on the mound tonight at Dodger Stadium, talking candidly about what the clubhouse was like following the trade of all-star closer Josh Hader. And we wondered about this. We debated about this, the locker room and how the clubhouse was handling the trade and the ripple effects of that move throughout. And Chewy, to your credit, you said this was messing some stuff up. This was affecting guys. Yeah, it was. You could kind of see it coming just because the shock was so big. I mean, we were all shocked when it happened, even though we heard rumblings about that it could potentially happen. But yeah, when, when, I don't know, can I use the word betrayed? I mean, because you get in two sides of it. Because now Yelich says, well, we were informed, but Yelich and Ananasio are guys. Is Lauer always outspoken, or because he went pretty hard to the hoop here? He, he did go pretty hard to the hoop. We can get some of those uh, some of those quotes, but it, like he doesn't talk hardly at all ever. He's he's a fifth starter. Like he's he's had a good, really good season, so he talks when he has to. But he's not he's not an outspoken guy. I think he was just asked about it and had feelings to talk about. He talked to Adam McAlvey, so it is on MLB.com in the Brewers section if you're interested in reading it for yourself. But let's just pick a few things that he said here, okay? Lauer said, there was a shock factor to it. Everyone was taken aback by it a little bit. As far as who we have in the clubhouse and what we have here, I don't think we're in any worse position to win as many games as we should. The only thing I can think of was, from the top down, it seemed like there was a weird behind-the-scenes message that was sent that a lot of people didn't jive with. It didn't send us the right message from the upstairs people trying to say we're doing this and we're trying to put you guys in the best position and we're trying to win games right now it seemed more of a we're trying to develop for the future now you will remember guys the front office was trying to convince us in those moments after the hater trade that this was not only a move for the future because frankly they can't afford Josh Hader down the stretch they just couldn't afford him the following season and the money was going to explode and that's just the peril of being a small market team but also they got a closer back in Rodgers and the guys behind Hayter in Devin Williams and Boxberger etc etc had been performing well so the thought was we can make this work without him it seems like Lauer is saying Chew that the ripples it was like it was like a tidal wave it was this happened and it was a seismic vibe change in the clubhouse and then that started to affect people negatively and then he goes on to say there wasn't communication from the front office after it happened so is this kind of a Rogers thing is the front office obligated to tell its players or are they just putting the best team that they feel on the it just feels like a well, little... Well, what do you prefer? You're a guy who's I, been in a locker room. What do you prefer if something like this happened to you I guys? I think you let the front office do their thing, and we will do our thing on the field, right? You have to have faith in them. To me, it sounds a little bit... They wanted to be in the know, and they weren't. I don't know where I... It, I mean, it's it, today's game so different than when I played because it was totally separate. We never saw Ron. If I saw Ron twice... During the regular season, that would be a lot. That'd be a bad thing if you were seeing him too. Does that mean something was going down? It just wasn't Ron's deal, you know. Ron put the product on the field, and as soon as the season started, he's in college. Sure, he's looking at at other teams on who they might get rid of. Um, I he well, I, I think I'm gonna 
can I, if I can, I'm going to read one more quote from Lauer, and this one was the one to me that stuck out the biggest. This is from Adam McAlvey's uh, column on MLB.com. Uh, Lauer added, quote, I personally wasn't a huge fan of the way they described it to the public. I'm not trying to just get a bunch of bites of the apple, especially if things are going the way they are, the way the brewers have historically traded before paying guys. I don't know how many bites of the apple we can take in the next few years. We are not going to be able to afford a lot of guys in this room. To me, that spoke volumes of he's basically thinking the same way that I'm thinking about, same way as a fan's thinking about of, well, who's next? Like, No, I know, but like, he's, that's the weird thing to me. Yeah, okay, to me, he seems like he's upset that it's a small market team. Isn't that the reality? That's what I was going to sure. say. Isn't that the reality? Like, Let's just not sit here and close our eyes and stick our heads in the sand and act like, why can't yeah. we spend money like these other teams? Why can't, you know, Derrick Rose, why not us type of sh- stuff? Ooh, type of stuff. How? Hey, that was very good. How did you hey, that pivot was very yeah. good. That was a heck of a pivot right there. Um, but my question is, does he not realize what team he's playing for? Does he not realize that this is kind of the reality of how you have to do business as the Brewers? Like, I appreciate that that Stearns did step out and talk to the fans and talk to people in the media after it went down and try to explain the thought process behind it. I thought we were all in agreement, guys, that there was a plan A and plan B and that plan B never got off the ground. Weren't we all in agreement that like the plan was to trade Hater and then take some of those assets or take some of those other pieces and try to obtain a back yeah. or try to obtain something else and that that just didn't happen? Like I don't think that Stearns is over here going, what a win! Wow, we really made it happen. All of our plans came to fruition. No, I think he was stuck, and I know Gabe had used the stuck with his pants down. I don't think he likes being in that position. This, to me, feels a little like players play, coaches coach, GMs GM. Lauer is sitting here saying, I don't like the way that the GM is doing stuff, but we're like a month removed at this point. Like, What benefit is it to Eric Lauer even saying these things to Adam McAlvey, other than to re-dredge up some of this drama? The blame game? Is that why they're kind of tanking? I mean, St. Louis is five games up now. That's getting to a point where it's getting out of control. It's uh, Let's see. Three weeks ago, the Brewers were 89% odds to make the playoffs. I think it was 89.6, closer to 90. Let's round up. To, to make the playoffs. They are now at just below 50-50 odds of making the playoffs and less than a 17% chance of winning the division. Like, that's, in three weeks, huge. I know. Huge difference. But are they blaming the hater thing? Instead of not playing good baseball, I, it I does think feel a little, a little bit. It does feel a little like the Eric Lauer comments are saying, hey, we've been underperforming, and here's why. The front office didn't communicate with us. So then what do you make of the Yelich comments, Chu, which you referenced already, where Yelich was like, no, they talked to us. They talked to us. We had There was communication. And Yeah, but is Yelich the Rodgers or the Brewers? But then again, now you've got two sides. You've got the Lauer guy saying they didn't talk to us, they didn't tell us anything, they yeah. didn't tell us what we wanted, you know, what we needed to know. And Yelich being like, No, we heard from them. Does that then create a rift in the clubhouse, in the locker room that then further extends these ripples, these tidal waves? You know what I mean? Instead of it being put to bed, yeah. it feels like it just is amplified. They're throwing uh, an accelerator on the fire here. Yeah, but to me, part of the issue is because I hear what you're saying. Part of me, it is, if you're Eric Lowry, you can't just say, we're not good enough. So now you can't publicly say that. You might actually believe that we're just not good enough. You cannot, as a player on the team, say we're not good enough. So it's better to say that the front office bleeped us? At least you, at least to yourself, you're saying, in my maybe head, there's one of the reasons. But why. maybe it's Hater didn't need to go yet. Right? Because if you listen to part of uh, his quotes, he's saying, look, down the line, we're not like, going to we be able it. to right. afford a lot of guys that are in this locker room. So... He's essentially saying our time was now, and you took away a huge piece because they didn't have to get rid of him, did they? I mean, we their, talked about it. It was like their next belief year, that they could, they had to right now. It was their belief. Either that, or they're going to have to pony up another what five million dollars next year. That's yeah, the problem. Or, or get rid of him in the off season. Yeah. You know, 
That's part of the problem. Some owners with huge, huge pockets would be like, ah, $5 million. Yeah, bring them back. Let's not upset the apple, apple cart. Right? I don't know. They just did a poor, poor job. Did they? You know? Did they do a poor of job? communicating, I think. You think? think? Well, they should have been out that. in front of it. In front of the hater trade. In front of in front of the team, because anyone would say it does, like it doesn't matter if we who cares like council 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 our boss isn't coming to us and being like listen guys we're getting some really good offers for Ashton Rotman and we're gonna, are we we're gonna, just hypothetically speaking That'd be nice we're gonna we're gonna listen to him are you telling me that we wouldn't be like uh no uh you know what I'm saying it yeah. would it would mess things up so you don't mess things up until you have to mess things up is my point so getting out in front of it it feels like is a premature mess up. Like, if they decided to trade Ashton, we'd all be super ticked. We'd all be upset about it, right? Would we? Uh, Attaboy. That's my guy, too. Can you go with the story? Can you go with the hypothetical? Can you go with the analogy? He wants to know. He's like, well, when does Joshy start then? (laughs) He's like, could I still have access to his food truck, really, is what I need to know. Yeah, I'm in on that. My point is, you don't make people upset until you have to make them upset. You don't tell them ahead of time, hey, we may be trading your all-star closer if you're not sure if you're going to pull the trigger on it. You don't? <laughs> I, I don't know. You're saying I mean, you do? I would, it's weird because to me, I don't know if I need to know I'm, ahead I'm, of time. I'm trying to translate this to football, like if they were going to cut. So when, when did they when did they get uh, get uh, Andre? When when was he brought into the team? Was that in the middle of a season? Andre was in the middle of the season. So after did, did you guys know ahead of time or was just like, hey, we're bringing Andre on board? Uh, there, were, uh, there were rumblings that they were going to go get him. And obviously, with those rumblings, are uh, is he going to upset the locker room mm-hmm. here? And it was never a problem. No, they were out in front of that with us. But like internally, you guys knew, like, yeah. hey, this this could happen, and then it didn't. Like happen. I can tell you this: when they were bringing Keith back, you know, I had made the Pro Bowl. They they told me what was going on. I'm like, yeah, bring him back. He's great. Gives us a better chance of winning it all. Do you think they should have had a team meeting that said, hey, look, we're going to make a move here. This is why we have to do it. Ba ba ba. I'm just trying to think if it, if they were going to ch- trade Aaron Jones. I don't know, Chu. This to me goes back to the Jordan Love thing with Rodgers, right? Rodgers wanted a heads up on the Jordan Love thing, but we had talked about how quickly, boom, 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 machinations and whatnot and conversations and whatnot and how difficult it can be to in the middle of wheeling and dealing and drafting a guy yeah. to pick up the phone and call Aaron Rodgers and be like, hey, just so you know, here's a heads up. In 30 seconds, we're going to take uh, Jordan Love with our first round pick. Just wanted to let you know. Like To me, there's a little bit of that happening here you're approaching the trade deadline and you're trying to get better and you're trying to figure out what your team can realistically do yeah i don't know how much of you is like wait better run down to the clubhouse better let the team know that this is going to happen so that they aren't taken aback by it i mean we all know athletes they're pouty babies right they are you tell us i was a pouty baby get yelled at why screw him holmgren yelled at me i'm quitting so let me ask you this is Eric Lauer being a pouty baby right now? I don't think so. I think he was just asked the question, and he's just given an honest answer. So, and his stance would be, yeah, someone should have probably informed us that this could potentially happen, you know? Because he was. He was well-liked in the locker room. You know, they were cruising. When they traded him, they were up, right? Mm-hmm. They were, central. Yeah. And I, he, there are a couple and, of— And players—athletes will always look— 
I don't know if I want to call it excuses, but they always looking for blame. Or re- like blame. you say, you say reasons, like a, a reason, like why? If you can't explain why we're doing so poorly, and you don't want to outwardly say we're just not good enough, which sure, maybe that would have been better. We've got a couple of texters texting into the Old National Bank talk text line eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. Pete McGuanago and Mark from two six two both bringing up Josh Hader's stats with the Padres. To me, this has nothing to do with Josh Hader, his stats as a pitcher. It has to do more with like the feeling of you just got rid of one of our best players. And now we're trying to explain why we have been garbage for the past three weeks, essentially. But is that fair? <laughs> or is it more of convenientexcusesforus.com? I think definitely convenience. I'm, I'm with you on that one. No, but I can tell you this. If they don't make the playoffs and they implode, more players are going to point, hey. No, oh, yeah, because it's always traded. easier to say it's your Absolutely. fault, not my fault. Yeah. But again, I've said this, and I know you guys gave me a little bit of a hard time. At the end of the day, you're a professional. At the end of the day, we expect you to compartmentalize everything else that's going on in your life and your family's lives and all the stuff around you and be able to walk out there on the field and get it done. And this, it feels like, for some reason, is the exception to the rule. This, it feels like, is like, well, how can you blame them? Look what they're dealing with. They have had to figure it out without Josh Hader, and he was a glue in the clubhouse, and bop, bop, bop. Let's hear from Brent Suter, who also was asked, kind of, how does this team regroup? you got to get it together. You're running out of time. How are you going to do it, guys? We're banding together. We're keeping it loose. Uh, we're doing you know, the vest thing. We did the Starbucks run yesterday. We're kind of getting back into even normalcy from, like, 2019 feel um, in here and just trying to just uh, hang out a little bit more off the field too just like trying to grow together because we know this is the group we want to win a, a ring with and um, yeah we're just banding together yeah it's it's great great vibes especially considering you know how other things are going all this stuff like it's good vibes in here we want to keep it going uh, is he a smart guy though that's trying to put out a fire he went to Harvard you know what I mean I mean what are the Yankees blaming it on they're looking for something to blame it on but when you lose 16 straight and you are killing it I mean, I'm yeah. with you. Like that that great vibes, good vibes. Shows how it didn't sound like good vibes. The way he was talking, it sounded like he was trying to find a way to say, I think everything's gonna be fine. We're sort of trying. But it sounded like he was trying to convince himself more than anything. Uh we have talked about this on this program and Ashton, you have already said that you think that the season is done. And again, you're a baseball guy, so there's no like benefit for you to be like the contrarian here and, and say season's over. Are you still in that space as, a, as each day goes Why? by? Yeah, it's the season's done. This, they, they, they're not good enough. They haven't been good enough all season. With or without Hater, my feeling was not going to change. It's just now, if you wanted to say uh, they had a chance of being a World Series because baseball is weird when it comes to the postseason, and Gabe's brought that up, and he's 100% right. Gabe never played baseball, so let's stop referring <laughs> to Gabe as, as okay? Gabe, if right. you watch that pitch, he may have played Little League.